We're four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? Deanne's missing again this week. I know. She'll be back next week, though. And you know what else is really hard? Uh Uh-huh. Maintaining classroom organization. Uh Uh-huh. The dust has settled on your new school year, if you're like Kathy, because she's been in <laughs> school for a few weeks. The wax, but use your imagination if, if you're not. The wax has dulled on the floors, and the name tags are starting to peel. And if you didn't take our tip on using hot glue, your posters are probably <laughs> falling off all by now. So how do you maintain classroom organization after that bright, shiny new beginning? Oh my gosh, just the problem areas that erupt for me. Can we talk about that for a minute? Problem area numero uno, my desk. Oh my gosh, we're coming back to that when it's my turn. (laughs) G. You know, it's, it's pile after pile after pile of paper. I am a pile person. My father would say, I have a case of the piles. Is that not a problem? But seriously. It's bad. What's your problem area? Mine's my desk too, but actually my whole life. Organization. (laughs) My whole life is everyone else's before example. Everything. It's really, really hard. I have a hard time letting go of things, even a note card or a piece of paper or a special note that someone wrote to me. And, And my desk which is so beautiful. I, I think I mentioned that before too, the first, first week of school um, is, is a disaster after that. But I found something that actually saved my sanity as a teacher. Ooh, what's that? And okay, this is, it's not a secret, but this is really cool. Are you ready? Hey. Okay. Okay. So I used to have all, well, I still have the piles. So I'm not going to lie, but there would be piles. And then, you know, you'd have one of those lunchtime meetings and you have to go and dig on your desk for the folder for that meeting and whatever papers go with it and get all that together. And you don't have time to go to the bathroom. Well, my need to go to the bathroom took over. And so I came up with a system of using binders because binders don't lie down in the piles with all the common yeah, papers. This is true. Binders, they stand up at attention, Right. Uh, and you put a flashy cover on your binder and you grab your binder and you have time to go to the bathroom before the meeting because everything you need is in your binder. Ta-da! Ah, love wow. it. I also use those um, magnetic paper pockets that you stick on your whiteboard because the beginning of the year, there are oh, so many storms that keep coming in and they start to pile everywhere. And so I stick the magnetic pockets on my board, a different one for each form, and the kids just know how to sort them and stick them in the different places. Yeah. And then I, Are you that's a great idea. Paper management is a, is an issue for you? Yeah. Oh, paper, paper, paper. Now, I, this, is, this is my thing about paper. So Even for our friends who are gold, that's an issue. Oh, you know, 
I, I don't know if it will ever not be an issue. Our district just went totally Google, okay? We've been kind of walking down that path for a few years, and now we're totally Google. All right. That should handle the papers, right? That's what I'm told. But here's the rub with that, okay? I'm, And I have to think that other people feel the same way or have the same problem. If it's not in front of me, because I have to multitask so much, Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. it's not in front of me on a piece of paper, I won't remember it. So therefore, everything that comes across is Google. I'm printing because I'm <laughs> in front of my face. Oh, no. So you're still killing trees. Tell me I'm not alone. Tell me I'm not alone. You're not you're alone. Not a, you're not alone. I printed out our notes for this podcast. Yes. <laughs> but yes. also, brightly colored Post-its help with that a lot, too. But then I have Post-its oh, yeah. everywhere. Yes. Those are my friend. And I, I kind of think like, you know, wouldn't it be fun to make a dress out of them someday? I mean, <laughs> you could enter that prom dress contest. Yes. But then where you make it all out of sticky notes. But one humid day, things could get obscene. I'm telling you. I don't know. Yeah, it could. That's true. <laughs> so, so we know that there's problem areas. I think it'd be great to have like a, a teacher desk, like at the September, after everyone's been in school for a while, to have a teacher desk contest for the messiest desk. Oh, I, I would win. Hands down. Hands down. Everyone should like submit. And maybe we should do that in our Facebook group. Everyone should submit a photo of their desk and we will judge. Instead of all the Pinterest perfect desks, the messy <laughs> ones. Like, that is brilliant. Oh my gosh. Brilliant. Recognition for the rest of us. Embrace the truth. Embrace the reality. Absolutely. Okay, so we know we've got problems. So how are we managing those problem areas? Okay, so I said organizing paper is really, really hard for me. So I have developed some systems. Now, if you're someone who's like really organized, I want you to just kind of put your hands over your ears and go la 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 la. <laughs> you probably will break out into hives just hearing me describe this. But you know what? To each his own, I'm doing me, and this is what works for me. You do you, boo. That's, that's right. right. That's, that's, that's right. my new motto. <laughs> yes, you do you, boo. I want that on a t-shirt. So <laughs> I have this cardboard cubby thing behind my desk on the counter. And no, I don't label the cubbies. But I will say this. I kind of have. Heck no. That takes all the fun out of it. That cubby thing holds every piece of paper that I don't know what to do with. But I know it's important. So it goes in the cubbies. Okay. So it's like. Think of it as like a house for my piles. <laughs> it it yes. houses them. And then when I need something, if I can't find it in the crap on my desk, I just turn around and, <laughs> and I go to the red cubbies and I ferret through them. And lo and behold, there it is. The- so your system is sift the crap and then ferret the cubbies. <laughs> oh, there's one more. There's one more. Yeah, in our district, we get um, this program with senior citizen volunteers. 
Beverly, if you're listening to this, I love you, sugar. You are the light in my dark classroom some days. She comes in. She says, what can I help you with today? I hand her a plastic bin and I say, take everything off my desk except for the pencil cups and put it in this bin. And then here's the wipes. Just wipe it down for me. How's <laughs> it? Oh, and then, nice. Then. I go through the bin when I have time and I put things away. And guess what? In the cubbies. No, I actually don't oh. get them because it's off my desk and I can think straight. In your folders, in your binders, in your file Wherever cabinet. Whatever it is that it needs to go. And then if I don't get to it, and it's been a couple of weeks, and I hate to admit this, but it's kind of like, you know, those bins of things you got in storage in your garage and you've forgotten what's in the bins. So, there's a part of me that's like, okay, if it's been a month and I haven't missed it, <laughs> I probably don't need it. <laughs> do you recycle it or do you still hang on Sometimes to it? Sometimes I recycle it. Especially do you? Wow. It's been, and that doesn't mean I don't look at it. It's just, I let it go. Um, so that's my big tip. Anyone else want to jump in? Well, yeah, turn, you know turn in baskets. You know it's really bad when students will come up to me and they'll say, Mrs. Yonamura, would you like me to help organize your desk? <laughs> would you like me oh, to sort your papers? All the time. <laughs> all the time. Yes. So, and, and you know what? That's how you bond with those little that's gold right. students. <laughs> yes. And you, you quickly learn which ones have that organizational gene in them. But I, what I've started doing it. is, yeah, what I've started doing too, though, is taking pictures with my phone of like papers from the office or things that I might need. Yeah. But I truthfully end up in a giant pile. So I just, I take a photo of it and I <laughs> star it. So it's in my favorites. And then I toss the papers. I'm imagining the conversation. Oh, just a minute, Miss Secretary in the office. I know I had it. You know what? I can prove I had it. Here's a picture of it. <laughs> Here's a picture of it. I can't read it, but I can show you a picture. Hey, don't make fun. Come <laughs> handy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I was going to talk about turn-in baskets, but can I just say file cabinets? Can we just talk about file oh. cabinets for a minute? Yeah. Because those are the black hole oh, of my classroom. Yeah. I put things in there and just like Tracy said a couple of minutes ago, that isn't where I look for things. No. I put things in there, but it's not where I go to sift and ferret. No. no. So, so that, so file cabinets to me are kind of useless. They take up room in the classroom, but turn in baskets. I got those really colorful turn in baskets from, you know, that place that has really yes. good things that you, okay. And I, and I had got them in six different colors and I had three classes and each class had their own color basket, different color baskets. And they would turn their papers in there and that's where their papers would be returned to their classrooms to be put in their mailboxes. Mm. And that worked really well for me for about four years. Wow. And, and why didn't it, did it stop working? I retired. I don't know. It could still be you working. I had all those <laughs> balls in the air and kept them up there and it was time. <laughs> and I walked out while the balls were in there the air. Go. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I once, uh, funny story about that filing cabinet, I set up a folder for each student. It had all my, my F&P, no, I'm not cursing, all of my Fontas and Pinnell data in it. It was all hyper-organized. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to put 
my kids' um, assessments from you know the writing tests that we give at the beginning of each unit. I'm gonna I'm gonna put those in there too, and then I in the black and hole. there it is in into their folder. And then the end of the year came, and I needed those tests. Do you know I looked for a week? I had flop sweat. I was beside myself because I had to have those scores and I had filed them and hadn't remembered filing them. It was <laughs> Right. Because you were too organized. Because, well, yeah. Right. Filing is an unnatural action. It is. The natural action is the flick of the wrist and put it on your desk. Or sort it in piles like a good scientist, right? You sort your dick right? Sorted. Right. And then eventually it goes in that blue bin. Right. Which is kind of. Right. Yeah. I could never be a media specialist because I just don't have that organizational skill. Uh, I try. But, you know, that leads to talking about libraries. So um, what do you do when um, it's time? To, to maintain your classroom library so that it's the way you yes. set it up. Okay, I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books, as I'm sure you guys do. And every year I try to organize it in a different way so that my kids actually know what's in the library and read the books. I've tried doing it by leveled baskets, the uh, Fontes and Pinnell leveled baskets. I've done genre baskets. I've, I've highlighted books on those little rack things you stick so they can face forward. Yep. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I still have more boxes that are more books and boxes that are in my cupboards. Cause I can't fit them under the table. Yes. Under the table. Work. Yes. And, I, and I'd want to recommend a book to a kid and I'd say, oh my gosh, I've got a book you're going to love. And we're crawling under the table and pull, <laughs> pulling the boxes out. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know what I find really moves books? And I only had one basket labeled this way, but if I could, I would have labeled 30 of them that way. If you label a basket for mature <laughs> readers, <laughs> you could put anything in there and kids will read it. They think, oh, this is for me. I'm a, I'm a really good mature reader. I'm going to try this book. I can yeah. handle it. And, and it, it works like a charm. And I would take books out of the other baskets when it got low and I just put them in my mature readers basket and I, and it would just be emptied mm -hmm. out immediately. Wow. Did they have to ask permission to get books from that basket? Yes. Ah. Do you think anybody didn't get permission? <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're a wonderful reader. I think you can handle that. How, you know, how can you say that's not on your level? And, and you know, they'll rise to the occasion. I, I find that le leveling, I did level because I had to, and I put little dots on them because I had to. That was part of my job. But that didn't work for me in, in keeping you know, as somebody wanted to keep the books moving through the kids' hands and through their yeah. book baskets, the, the best thing you can do is sit down and talk to kids about books and have a pile ready mm -hmm. to suggest to them. And that's what I did during mm -hmm. my reading conferences. And I think, too, yes. research out there now, when they talk about leveling books and genre, there's been a lot floating out on social media about that right now, is, you know, you can have Part of your classroom library, especially at a fifth grade level, part of your classroom library leveled, 
but I don't think there's a need to have every last book leveled whatsoever. I think that, no, I, you know, genre specific works like a combination of the two. Well, and then also teaching your students how to choose a book that's appropriate for them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, once they know, right. I mean, they know if a book is too hard because they won't be able to understand it or they know if a book is much too easy for them because it doesn't hold their interest. Nope. So we do a lot of just how to choose the just right book. One of the Right. Just read the first page. And if there are five words that you don't understand, then it's and it's stopping you from understanding the book. One of the organizational tips that I've that has really worked well for me with the classroom library. And this is actually a tip that will save your books too. The minute Ooh, what is the it? minute a book gets stuck into a kid's desk, you can almost guarantee there's going to be some kind of damage. The paper's going to go off. The binding's right. going to fall apart. The pages are going to fall out. It happens over and over again. I have these cheap little baskets with handles. They're perfect. They can handle most um, you know, the picture books stick out of them, but that's okay. The base is big enough for most picture books and it's perfect size for chapter books, which is what we're dealing with as fourth, fifth, sixth and up teachers. That's what I use. Those yeah. are the ones from the I, dollar store. I with put the a number them, right? on each basket so I don't have to relabel with student names. And so they know which one is theirs because of their number. And they that is where they keep my classroom library books and anything that they're reading. And they know our desks are so small, there's no room for the books in the, that desk. But the, that bin sits there on the shelf. And when they're done with their work, they get up and they help themselves to their bin if they want to read in between. Mm. And it has saved my books. I have a tip about those baskets. It took me a long time running from dollar store to dollar store, especially at this time of the year, because a lot of teachers yeah. use those those baskets. You know the dollar store has an online uh, presence and you can order them and just have them shipped to your school instead of running around and, and driving yourself crazy and getting arm, all frazzled. <laughs> there you go. You're right. Well, and because I don't know. Go ahead. My classroom didn't have any space for book book mm-hmm. baskets. So we right on their desks or under underneath their desk. Yeah, no, it's just, it's so crowded. Mm-hmm. I have so many kids that we always use book bags. So I get these bags off of Amazon that are only, I want to say like a dollar each canvas bags. The kids decorate them and then we hang them oh, on idea. a coat rack. Yeah. Oh, and then, that sounds really cute too. Yeah, well, and that way too, the kids during Reader's Workshop will just grab their book bag and they'll go off to where their reading yep. spot is and it keeps everything yeah. together. I love it. And Kathy, I want to know about your student book shopping days. That is intriguing to me. Yes. Well, so because I've been working really hard on teaching my kids how to choose books that are right for them and to eliminate kids going in and out of, excuse me, the library over and over to pick new books, um, they each have their assigned day. So they know that if they haven't chosen, that they have to choose a book well because they they cannot go back the into same. the library until their yeah, next I book the shopping day. And I bet it cuts down on um, abuse of, I don't feel like reading, so I'm going to just shop for a book every day. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, you know, that's an oldie. It really helps oh, with that. <laughs> so we've talked right. about right. managing paper, and we've talked about 
our classroom library organization. So one of the words that I, one of my favorite educational words is proactive. How do we stay proactive? You know, when, when we are multitasking and working so hard, how do we stay the head of the game with organization so that we can be successful? Well, I was going to say you could be really successful if you just let it go and don't care about it so much. <laughs> but but I think that there is um, another way to look at that. And you could maybe prioritize the tasks that you have to do. Maybe your desk doesn't have to be cleaned every day. Maybe you will have a volunteer who comes in once a week. Maybe when your classroom jobs are going on, you have two or three kids who will get you organized. Um, you know, and, and I set think up having realistic expectations is really of yourself um, is really, really, really important um, because we all have that perfectionist tendency of, you know, wanting everything to look right and be right and have its place. And on some level, we all have a little bit of that in us. But yeah, um, you need to be realistic. Like what Retta said, let it go. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't say it that way because I can't sing, but that was really good. Yeah, but also, let it go. But I also heard a really great tip from Angela Watson, who does the 40-hour teacher work week. And her tip uh-huh. was to put things where they're easy to put mm-hmm. away. So usually we always say, you know, store your things where they're easy to find. But she was saying that, you know, it's things are always easy to find, but it's if we can't put it away easily... And that's where my piles and things come in. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'll have boxes of things I just didn't bother to put away. And at the end of the year, there's like all kinds of task cards and papers and things that right. should have been put away that I didn't. So give me an example of that. So I, for example, know exactly where all my folders are for different games. But for some okay. reason, it's in a cupboard that's way that I have to slide things out of the way to get to. So I do it to get the things out. But then by the time the kids are done using it, I'm so exhausted. I don't want to reopen that cupboard and move it again. So I just stick it in a to be filed pile. And then everything is to be filed. So if putting them away was, was in a specific place, maybe at a, if they're math games at your math center, standing up in a crate. Right. Somewhere easier to reach. Okay. One thing that's worked, yeah. I mean, okay. I sound like a hot mess, but I really am not. One thing that has helped me, and I get this from, I've had this from teaching partners, you know, who I, if I go in on off hours and I go in with a teaching partner, you know, I am very task oriented, actually. And I will say, I'm going to finish this, this, and this, and I'm going to leave it this time. And and then I do it. And I mm-hmm. say no to everything that does not answer to my higher purpose. And so in the classroom, you know, when I go in on off hours, my highest pur- higher purpose is to get through these tasks and get out. Um, but, you know, when I'm teaching my kids, if there are tasks that are sucking my time, and it, and it takes self-awareness, it really does. But there, if there are tasks that are sucking my time, I say no. And then guess what? 
Right, and and you don't need to be cleaning your desk no. and filing papers and, when but, you're supposed and the to other, be working. And the other flip side of that is after right. school when I need to be putting some stuff away and, you know, this person or that person, I'm not talking parents or kids, but, you know, you know, I turn the TV on or something while I'm working or, or someone bops in and wants to shoot the breeze with me. You know, I'm friendly, but then there's this also this part of me that's like, okay, but I have to do this, right? And I don't stop doing it <laughs> when they right, walk in. Right. I'm not unfriendly. I just know. Mm-hmm. You keep going. That's focused. a real Yep. Because, boy, that is the easiest yeah. thing in the world. Stop what you're doing and talk. I have oh one little gosh. tip, too, about how I keep organized for the kids is, you know, when you have like, you probably have a cupboard that has either games for them to play or things that they have to take out and put away. So I take a picture of that cupboard Mm -hmm. of exactly how it all fits and what it's supposed to look like. And I print it out large and I have a laminated copy of the picture on the cupboard and it says, this is what the cupboard should look like, or this is what the shelf should look like. I have one at the sink. You know, this is what the sink should look like. That is yeah. the goldest thing I have ever heard, and I am bowing down That's to you right genius. now. That, well, is that works for <laughs> That works for parent volunteers. Families. No, that works for oh. parent volunteers. That works for volunteers who come in to help you with something, and you say, you know what, could you help me with this cabinet? Here's a picture of what it should look like. Oh, yeah. Kathy, will you write a blog post about that? That is a tip of gold. I'll post pictures and show you. Okay, ladies, we are are just about out of time for our session today. So let's go jogging, sprinting ahead. Your number one tip, rapid fire. Retta, what is it? Don't (laughs) take it home because some of it might decide to live there. (laughs) Um, I, whatever, same thing, stay focused and prioritize yes. what's important enough to keep and mine, and put away. <laughs> mine would be if it doesn't suit the bigger purpose, then it isn't worth doing. So that's all we have time for today. Um, friends, please make sure you join us next week. <clears throat> next week's episode is liar, liar, pants on fire. We're going to be talking about lies that teachers believe about themselves because they've been told to. Make sure that you follow us on, excuse me, Teachers Pay Teachers on iTunes, Google Play, whatever you're listening from. Be sure to rate us. Be sure to comment. Be sure to share us with your teaching friends. Check out our blog links at the end of the show notes. Until next time, stay cool. Stay cool.